0: I want to teach you about strength, and I want to go right to Joshua, chapter 14, verse 11. Joshua, chapter 14. Everybody say Joshua and Caleb. Now I'm not going to make any assumptions because there's some new people here that have, were not raised in, in the Bible. So in the Bible, it's a history documented of God's faithfulness throughout the generations of humanity. It starts with the very origin. Not just an accident that evolved, but a creator who created. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the assumption is you understand there is a God. How many of you believe there's a God? How many of you believe he's a rewarder of those who seek him? Good, I'm in a good room then. Well, there's beliefs that are held deeply by people that believe the good news and the good report. This is a document that tells us about a God who gave us free will, and sadly the prototype couple Adam and Eve fell in sin and disobeyed and forfeited their dominion and their authority and really messed things up for a while. And the fall, it's called the fall of man by theology and by the Western civilization that has understood it. And for for that matter, the entire earth, the Middle East, the Eastern nations, the European nations, all the earth, the Bible says, lies in the power of the evil one. That's so why it's so important for us to understand when Jesus was sent into the world, he came to seek and save that which is lost and to destroy the work of the devil. And on the cross, he didn't say, I missed it. He didn't say, bummer, I didn't complete my task. He said, it is finished. Everybody say, it is finished. It is finished. So he paid the price for humanity's sin. He who never sinned became a sin substitute. Sin separates us from God. And he who knew no sin became sin for us. That's an amazing thing. His identity was in purity and holiness, and his life was unfiltered and unhindered and uninterrupted. He enjoyed constant, special, deep, rich communion with the Father all the time, 24-7. He never had broken fellowship because he never sinned. Until he received, he never sinned, but he had sin imparted on him as the sacrifice. He took our sins like somebody coming along with means and finding out somebody had a debt. Recently, I saw a man speaking at a college, and he got up and said, because he, he was a self-made uh, billionaire, and he said, hey, I, I just, by the way, in my speech, I want to let you know up front, I'm going to pay off all the rest of your, uh, your uh, bills for your college loans. And they all went, ah, don't you know he was their favorite speaker of the whole year? <laughs> he had the means to do it and the inclination, and he wiped off all their debt, and that probably made that crowd happy. Uh, we who put kids through college know that it's, it's expensive. So we who have sinned and experienced separation from God, the wages of sin is death, and then to have the lights go on, how many of you are happy because your God is the Lord and that you've experienced salvation? You say, am I happy? I've kind of been miserable lately, Pastor Jeff. Well, I want to encourage you that the joy of the Lord is your strength and that a merry heart does good like a medicine and a merry heart makes a cheerful face. So everybody say, cheer up. up. See, be of good cheer. Jesus said, it is I, be not afraid. He said, I've spoken these things to you so that in me you may have peace. On the world you'll have tribulation. But he said two things. He said, take courage. And then another translation says, be of good cheer. Courage and cheer flow together. And I'm praying that as I preach this, I'm laying this foundation just so you can come up to speed with it. There's a God. He gave us the law. We all broke the law and failed. The only way out is to follow somebody who has fulfilled and accomplished the fulfillment of all the things that Jesus did. And so we get in with him. We say, I'm with him. Like all the people at that college, all they have to do is point to the guy with the robe and the hat that said, I just wipe off their bill. So I'm with him. Everybody say, I'm with him. This is essentially what happens. And this is what happened to Joshua and Caleb. They were around Moses, they heard what happened in Exodus chapter three, verse eight, when God said at a certain point, when ancient Israel was under terrible bondage by the ancient Egyptians for 428 years, and God said, look, I've heard your cries, I've seen the difficulty, your distresses, I have a heart for you, I have come down to deliver you and bring you up to a promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey, A land that's rich with blessing. I have a place for you. I have a purpose for you. I have breakthrough for you. I have potential for you. Somehow Joshua and Caleb pushed past the blasé majority report of all the murmuring and all the dysfunction and all the, uh, well, I don't know, you know. They came back. They went out and spied the land. Moses said, go out and spy out the land in Numbers chapter 13. They came back. And they brought back a big, giant cluster of grapes because it was that season for harvest. They brought back pomegranates in abundance for the, for the people. And, and they said, hey, it, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It, it, we've seen it. It's beautiful. And here's the fruit. Nevertheless, and then they said three things. The people there are strong. The cities, they have big walls around them, and they're fortified. And the giants, the descendants of the giants live there. So the people, nevertheless, the people, the cities, the giants, very similar to the concerns of today, the people. You know, we live in a government of the people, by the people, for the people. So we should pray for the people. It's not party politics. We pray for people. If people become saved and if people uh, embrace God's values, then, then the land can be healed. So we're praying for people to be. It has nothing to do with party politics and all this stuff. Get into the, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, powers, rulers of this darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness. And don't let the devil bring you down to a lesser battle. You are called to fight the fight of faith. You are called to fight and be a warrior. But but the, but the Lord's bond servants are not to be quarrelsome. So our fight is not. Da, 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 oh yeah, well, da, da, da. No, that, that, waste your energies. Don't let yourself take that bait. Get up in there and stand by in the name of Jesus. I come against every demon influence that's trying to influence people. We don't have control over people. We have control over the evil spirits that try to mess with people. When Jesus cast a demon out of the man from Gadara, it was actually legion, for we are many. Cast him out. And we take our place in faith in our generation. Hallelujah. Well, Joshua and Caleb, they saw the land with the Hittites, Amorites, Jebusites. They saw the problems. They weren't in denial. The other people said, we can't take the land. And people got all upset. Yet, Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Caleb quiets the people before Moses. Quiet. They had no microphones, no public address system, no speakers. So he had to thunder this message. We shall by all means possess the land. He had to offset the murmuring, the spirit of fear, chicken little, the sky is falling. And, and in fact... The Bible says Caleb and Joshua will be the only two out of this generation that will cross the Jordan and enter into the promised land. Everybody else, because they murmured and because they were hesitant, because they uh, got all into the fear thing, they're going to wander one year for every day I sent the spies out. Forty days they spied out the land, forty years you're going to wander in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb are going to step up, and then we see in the last part of Deuteronomy, one of the last things Moses did is he took all the richness that he had in his life, and he prayed impartation, and a spirit of wisdom came on from Moses, who was 100 and something years old. Joshua was about 77. He laid hands on him, and he received a spirit of wisdom, something he never really obtained up to this point. He gets it, and we move into chapter one of Joshua now, Moses, my servant, is dead. Rise up, you and all this people, to go and take possession of the land. That was a seasonal transition in ancient Israel. And I want to tell you, God's faithful every day, but also there are seasons and epochs and ages that we go through. And we're in cycles. Life is cyclical. Uh, Western civilization looks at things linearly. In the Jewish tradition, it's more like a cycle. Sunrise, sunset. You know, all these kinds of processes, seasons. I, I feel sorry for the people who live in places like Florida. Donzi's they live in Florida. It's always temperate and always so nice. They can't feel the seasons. It's so sad. I, I live in I lived in San Diego, so I know what kind of suffering they're suffering. Where it's just sunny all the time, you know, warm all the time, you wear your shorts all the time. And uh I like, and in fact, I even heard Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin say this very same thing to Brian Johnson, the the singer for ACDC, because the guy lives in Florida, the one guy lives in Florida, the other guy lived in California. He said, we've lived in places where it's always the same temperature, but they were up there in the mountains or in Wales or something, and they said, this is where you see definition You see the processes of the seasons, and it helps you. And these were these big rock star guys, millions and millions of dollars, famous, yet reaching some of the same conclusions as everybody else. At this point, they're just a couple of guys kind of weathered from life, appreciating the little things. And he said, you know, here you get to feel the transitions. I'm grateful I live here. I feel the transition. I see the leaves starting to turn. I see the, the humidity finally going down. And I see, you know so oh, I have a pastor yeah, I don't like it. Well, I just know what there's def- I appreciate definition. Yeah. I think there was definition when Moses died, and God spoke to Joshua and said, "All right now, this is this season for you to step up. This is a breakthrough season. So there's a time and a place for everything and a time for every event under heaven. In God's end, today is a day of salvation. He's always full-on. In James chapter 1, every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. He's constant and he's constantly full on. Pastor Jeff, why here we are in 2019 and we're New Testament Christians. Why are you reading to us about Old Testament Jewish people from thousands of years ago? I'm glad you asked. Because that God is our God and he never changes. He said, he said, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, will not be consumed. That's to the Jewish people, the sons of Jacob. He is never changing with them. He is constantly faithful, and he has a covenant. He's watching over with them. And our covenant is an everlasting covenant. And it's a new covenant inaugurated on better promises. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament promises in 1 Kings eight fifty six. he said, there has not failed one word of all of the promises spoken during the time of Moses. And this is where Joshua and Caleb came in. And this is where we can reach in and receive strengthening and get in imitative behavior. You know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And Paul also said, be imitators of God as dear children. As I'm practicing my harmonica, I I listened to a tutorial and the guy said, before you can innovate, you need to imitate. So we need to imitate God, we need to, and that's not an parroting superficiality, that's just learning the patterns. So when I'm learning my harmonica, I'm learning the note for note. I was studying a song last night, a Bob Dylan song. I was trying to study it note for note, so that when I get up and I forget all that Bob Dylan did, I'll at least try to get most of the parts, and I'll, I'll, then I'll do it in my own flair, and it will be a high level of, a, of personal aw- awesomeness. Or so I feel, and so I'm hoping. But I want to tell you, there's a high level of personal awesomeness awesomeness about you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. May I remind you, there's nobody else like you. Some of you are going, thank God. Some of your mates are going, thank God. But, but I'm serious. It, you celebrate the uniqueness and the diversity that God has made in the church. Uh, fingerprints, no two are alike. Irises, no two are alike. Sunsets, no two are alike. I told my wife, we were out there praying yesterday, I said, there has never been, nor will there ever be a configuration like this. And I thought, this story about these guys being told by Moses, man, the Lord spoke to me and he told me, we're going to get out of this Egyptian bondage and we're going to get to have our own land. We, the Jewish people, are going to have our own land. And this is what Jesus said to the church. He said, now you're going to go out into all the world and preach the gospel And these signs are going to follow those who believe. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm coming back again to a glorious church without spot or blemish. I'm coming back. And it's not going to be to a depleted group of disorganized wrecks. It's going to be vibrant, Joshua and Caleb-esque. Say this with me. We shall, by all means, possess the land. See, this is how we, these are fighting words, and this is how we fight the good fight of faith. So, telling you there's a God. He's a promise-keeping God. He is faithful. He was faithful to them. How many of you agree this is a moment in history This actually happened? It's not just mythology. It's history. Okay, it's documented history. It's like George Washington was, you know, and that kind of thing. I've never seen George Washington. Has anyone ever seen George Washington? Please don't raise your hand. Well, I have seen him on a dollar bill. I've seen him on a quarter. All right, I get it. I was born on his birthday, you know, but I've never seen him. I mean, we, my grandma used to go to the Devaney's Bakery in San Diego and get me a little a Laird cake, and she would put George Washington chopping down the cherry tree, George Washington throwing a dollar over the Potomac, and I heard those none of those things actually happened. But what did actually happen was he was the father of a new colonial moment and brought uh, some freedoms to our country. Praise the Lord for that. Well, Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and though I've never seen him, I love him. I'm honored to know him. I want more people to know him. I want it to be as practical as possible and as consistent as possible and as real as possible. And God was real for Joshua and Caleb. They weren't playing games. They weren't just being in a ritualized routine. They understood that when Moses said, we're gonna get a promised land, they really took it into into their heart and said, you know what, I'm gonna give my life to this. I'm, I'm a believer. Say this with me, I'm a believer. The monkey's saying, I'm a believer. We might as well just take it a step up and be a believer. Say, I'm a believer. I have deeply held beliefs. I believe there's a God. I believe his word is true. I believe he has a plan. I believe he's a master of the breakthrough. I believe my breakthrough's coming. So, Joshua chapter 14. Verse 11 says, I'm still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now. For three things. For war, boy, did they have some battles. For going out, they had to go out. And for coming in, they had to come in. Three areas of blessing for your life. Going out is into all the world. You're going forth. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, you will be blessed going out. You'll be blessed coming in. I like that. You know why? It covers it. Going out, coming in, and in case and when you have to fight the good fight of faith, it's for warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, as I said earlier, but they're divinely powerful through God. These guys literally had to fight with the sword to go forth to get what they were called to get. We don't fight in those kinds of ways. Although sometimes during warfare, people have to, men and women in uniform have to go literally physically fight for our freedoms and thank God for any and everybody who has ever and will ever do that for people. Thank God for the stability that comes from the warriors that fight the fight and thank God in the spirit because I think I'm the product of people who prayed warfare prayer in the 60s and 70s for a lost generation. I was a Kids, I was in that lost quasi-hippie counterculture moment where things were going berserk where morals and standards and values and practices were all being questioned, and the tailspin of society, there was extra racial conflict, there 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 were terrible division elements between generations. My Bible says that in the end, the hearts of the sons will return to the fathers, and the hearts of the fathers to the sons. I believe that like what happened with Moses when he prayed for Joshua, who was basically on the son level, because Joshua never left The tent, Joshua and Caleb stuck around with the word that was spoken by the Lord through the man of God, Moses, at Kadesh Barnea. And in fact, this is why at 85 years old, Caleb was able to say, I'm still as strong now as I was. This is why David in Psalm 37 was able to say, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed beg for bread. This will help you moms and dads as you're praying for your children as they're making their own decisions, they're getting traction to become adults and they're thinking for themselves. Come against the strategies of the devil, come against confusion, bind the strong man, come against evil spirits, pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation on them. You see people get weakened, you pray like Paul the apostle, God, I pray they'd be strengthened with might and power by the spirit in the inner man. And I, you know, I pray steadily about that for this church because this is my responsibility. And I pray for this house, that this will be a house that's aware our eyes are lifted up. We as a collective are in one voice and one accord and harmony. And I'm believing God for that. And as I do, I, I feel like this model of Caleb and Joshua, based on what Paul said in Romans, the 15th chapter and the fourth verse, these things that were written in earlier times were written for our instruction. So that through the perseverance and the encouragement of scriptures, you might have hope. We we are to fix our hope on the living God. We have this hope as the anchor for our souls. Hope that is seen is not hope. There's a tremendous amount of stuff God has planned for us that eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, the things God's prepared for those who love him. Some of you have fought the good fight of faith. Some of you held to great cherished ideals as young people. You've been sorely tested. Some of you have been so discouraged that you're managing your expectations. I get that. But listen, lift up your eyes for your redemption draws nigh. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I think about strength. How do you strengthen your eyes? I talked to an optometrist, a doctor of optometry years ago. He said, do this, because I was doing a lot of reading. I work on my harmonicas. I paint, I draw, I write. You know, so I'm doing a little tight, close work. And what he said is, get your eyes and focus on the distance. If you're doing a lot of close work, get your eyes and focus on the distance. And I, I feel like the Bible, he says, you know, all these battles and things, lift up your eyes and look unto him. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From Pastor, Pastor Patsy and I were in here, we were reading our Bibles, we, and fatigues. And he told me that will strengthen and keep you from getting where you get so used to looking so focused that you need to, uh, you know, you become uh, nearsighted. You can contribute to weakness and things like that. I saw a podiatrist, a doctor, a lady doctor talking to her female customers. She was on one of these uh, news magazine shows with a doctor and they, they said, here's how to prevent yourself from, to strengthen your legs and to not hurt yourself and injure yourself with your footwear. I, I thought, wow, this is interesting. She said, I, I carry three pairs of shoes with me every day in my bag. And this lady, you know, she had this big bling bag and it, sure enough, she pulled out a pair of flats and she slipped them on and she walked around with them. The doctor was, going, the doctor was a male, so he's like, okay. And then, then she got out some, some wedges that were about two inches high and she said, I put these on. And she said, these uh, help my calves and things. And then I, I'll wear my high heels when I need to wear. She said, you wear high heels? I heard they're bad for you. Well, they can be if you wear them all the time. But she said, I actually wear them for a while. And, and if I wear them and, and just keep rotating them, then it'll prevent damage and it'll make the whole musculature and things like that. I thought this is was a medical doctor trained. She wasn't winning, you know, wasn't selling the shoes, you know, on some sort of dot com thing. So I thought, wow, that's cool. So now I have my in my man bag, cowboy boots, uh, flip flops and tennis shoes. So, you know, whatever, but whatever. How do you strengthen yourself? How do you strengthen muscle? There's some trainers here. And they've been, I'm told that it's good nutrition and exercise, diet and exercise. I know those are cuss words, but let's say them. Diet and exercise. So uh, it's resistance and protein. You need a balanced diet and meaningful carbs and things like that, but muscles tear down and then the material that builds them back up for the most part is protein. Well, I think about the meat and the milk of the word. Those are protein items. And I think about resistance, that's life, right? <laughs> I mean, we resist the devil and he flees from us. In fact, when they spied out the land, they said, yeah, the, the people are heavy duty. The walls are around Jericho. Life is tough. You know, I heard the song, Mama told me there'd be days like this, there'd be days like this, Mama said. And uh, my mom never did say. She was so caught up in her own world. She never really told me any of that. I was kind of idealistic. So... I was in for some surprises in life. But thankfully, I learned, okay, life isn't what it's supposed to be. It is what, the, what it is. And so I need to be strengthened with might and power by his spirit and in the inner man. And the Bible says a couple of things. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It doesn't say be strong in yourself. This great move of the Holy Spirit we're about to move into is not going to be by might or by power by self-help or self-actualization or self-improvement, although we should do the best with ourselves, but we need to get our understanding that our help comes from the Lord. It's not by might, not by power, but it is by the Spirit. My Spirit, says the Lord. He told that to Zerubbabel in the rebuilding of the temple. In effect, told that to Joshua and Caleb and Moses in this moment. He said, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And then four times, he said, only be strong and very courageous. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. A girl asked me on Friday night, what is meditation? It's pondering, looking at it, thinking about it, taking time with it, marinating in it, studying it, and asking the Holy Spirit to give you enlightenment and insight. For example, I flipped open my Bible in just a moment of, devotional to the last word in John. Don't turn to this, but it says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. (laughs) Oh, I tripped out on that. I started meditating. I read it. I said it out loud. I said that there are also many other things which Jesus did. If they documented it, There'd be piles and piles of books. We couldn't even go to Hawaii. There would be no sand on the beach. It'd just be books. People would be climbing Mount Everest. They had to be climbing over the books. There'd be books all up and down the highway. We'd be having to drive through books on top of books. We'd have to have tires that could deal with navigating over books. The whole earth would be covered with documentation of what Jesus did. Everybody say this with me. As my strength was then... So my strength is now for war, for going out, for coming in. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How do you get strong in the Lord? This is one of the ways you do it. You've come to the gym and you've been doing some bench pressing with me. You've done the work. You've connected do the work on the daily level and feed yourself on the word meditate on the scriptures pray in faith and there's a prayer language and it says in jude 20 but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit keeping yourselves in the love of god there's a strengthening that comes when we pray and we do the work and we do the the homework and we spend time in the word because God brings us to the conclusion that we shall by all means possess the land. I don't know what that means for you with your kids, with your relationships, your finances, with the season of your life. I mean, there, there, there's sunrise, sunset in people's lives. And there's grace sufficient and correspondent to every one of our days. As our days are, so shall our strength be. Go out with this your strength. Have a great day. God bless you guys.